The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Winner of six Grammy Awards, 18 Dove Awards, and inducted into the Christian Music Hall of Fame, Russ Taff shares the 50-year struggle with shame. But then this starts taking you down this really dark place, and you're afraid to tell anybody. You don't want to let anybody in because you know you're going to be judged, and they'll probably throw you out if they know what's going on. A story of guilt, deceit, and betrayal being healed by love, grace, and forgiveness. Next. Betty and I welcome you to life today. Russ Taff uh, won uh, uh, six Grammys, 18 Dove Awards. And I want you to listen to this, this statement. Now, he sang with the Imperials, with Bill Gaither. He just set everything on fire, just, just even on his own. But he got in with these others. But he was inducted into the Christian Music Hall of Fame. And Russ Taff has been hailed by Billboard magazine as the single most electrifying voice of Christian music. And you know what? If people will, will, will see the movie that's going to be in the theaters tomorrow, I mean, if you'll see that movie, you're going to hear all these people saying just what this guy was. And with all the gifts, I mean, this is Gaither talking about you. This is other very famous Christians, the Imperials talking about you. I mean, uh, the Mercy Me, and, and I can only imagine the author of that incredible song and the incredible singer talking about this guy, what, what a gift he was. Here, here's the deal. Hard to believe, but buddy, you were trapped and being destroyed. I was. And basically, ultimately collapsed. Mm -hmm. The story of the redemptive work of God in your life and his love for you is as great as I've ever heard. I want all of you to listen to this. This is a movie that will be in all the theaters one night only, tomorrow night. You don't want to miss it. Then it'll be the kind of thing you'll want to get in every home. I, I pray that sometimes when something like this happens, that some way the theaters or whatever it takes would say, this thing's coming back and it's going to stay for a while. Lord, I pray that. Yes. Because this is a story of transforming love as great as we'll ever see. And so God, you just bless the message of your love that's been poured out on the life of Russ Taft and Tori and now through his life in Jesus' name. Now, would you just welcome Russ and Tori to life today? Would you do that? We're glad to see you. Let me tell you what I want to do. I want them to see a little trailer that it shows really the quality of what this, I think the whole film is like. It's fabulous. So let's look at that right quick. I think you'll all enjoy it. I've been not in a cage. Shame is a prison. I was locked up in shame's prison for over 40 years. Behind its bars, I was safe in hiding from pain. I want to give out. Abused as a child, shame told me that it was my fault. Singing for Jesus and living a secret life as an alcoholic, shame whispered, there is no hope. But prison doors were made to be opened. Captives can be set free. I am a child of the king. I'm forgiven. I'm Russ Taff, and I still believe. I still believe through the shame and the grief. 
Wow, that puts a smile on your face. I mean, I'm telling you, it, it, it didn't take me but just a few glimpses of the various parts of the movie. That and some other trailers. I think if you go to the website, uh, rustaffmovie.com, people can see a lot of the glimpses and tell their friends. I pray, I pray we overflow every theater in, in your community and all over the nation. But Russ, we could just see the glimpses of the glory of God. And I mean, I honestly really identify because I've had, I've had enough defeat in my own life. And I, because I love people who are in a pit, however they got there, and want to get them out, I just see how great the love of God is <laughs> to never leave us yes. no matter yes. where we were. Tell us how you got into the ultimate cycle. What happened in your childhood that a lot of people might not know that perhaps set the stage for the enemy to get such a grip on you? Well, there was a lot of trauma uh, growing up in that house. Daddy was a Pentecostal preacher and uh, mom was an incredible singer. Uh, but everything was guilt. Everything was guilt. Uh, they, um, they motivated by guilt and shame and shame. And when you're a little kid growing up, you know, two to 17, you're just constantly fed. My mom and dad used to say, you're not worth the bullets to shoot you with just about every day. You're not worth the salt that goes on your bread. And why can't you be more like your cousin who was a straight A student and athlete and uh, so you grow up with this, and by the time I, I hit 13, well, let me say, for, I was 11 and 12, and Daddy never could get sober. He, he tried, and he loved to preach, but he, uh, he would be in there for six months and then fall away, be in there six months and fall away. Uh, and when they would throw him out of, of the first church, um, Mom wanted me to go down there and so I could tell her what everybody said. Mm -hmm. But I sat there and I cried because they were saying this about my dad. And I was like, what am I doing here? You know, it was breaking my heart. And a lot of them were family. So when, uh, uh, and, and you know, the only thing I knew, knew to do was music. I loved, you know, in my sophomore year, in my, my junior year, it was the music that held me. Uh, but dad would get jealous of me when I was like 12, 13 through there. He would get jealous when I would do good. He had to be the center of attention. He had to be. And, you know, like me and my brothers, we never had birthdays because mom and dad both had to work. But the church would always throw him a big birthday party every year. Um, but, you know, when there's trauma in the home and active addiction, violence, you're in violence, you, you are, uh, there's not really parents anymore. You know, by the time I was 10, 11, 12, I was raising my younger brother and my three older brothers got out of there as quick as they could. But, but I knew God was teaching me the anointing when I was so young and I would, uh, I would just pursue him, pray and, and then get up and sing and the Holy Spirit would move and uh, he couldn't appreciate it. It would threaten him that this young guy was, was getting some attention and, uh, so we moved back to Arkansas, and they, they, there was a church there that said, we'll help. Um, and it lasted a couple of years. And, um, you know, once again, they throw us out, and that transferred shame. Uh, people don't talk to you anymore. You're downtown at, at Walmart or something, and they'll cross over. And 
that first time that they did it, I had my guitar Sunday night, and I was going to go down and sing like I'd done my whole life. And my uncle stopped me, who was pastoring at the time, and he said, Russ, you can't come in here. And I said, this is all I know. Mm. You know, I couldn't play sports, but I could sing. Mm. And I would feel his pleasure when I would sing, but he said, I'm sorry, but you can't come here anymore. So the church said you can't come. Yes. Mm. Did you know him back at this time? when all these things are happening when he was okay. that young? She, she came in what, when I was 19? I met him um, when I was in high school, and he, he had stayed in Arkansas when his family went back, and I met him when I was in high was school. Was he a singer that you noted then as having an ability? Yes, but I, when we met, I was a teenager, and I was dating the quarterback of the football team, and I wasn't interested <laughs> in romance. I thought he had... <laughs> that was of the devil. That was of the devil. <laughs> I thought... I thought that's that's a big voice in a in a guy, but it, the part that I was attracted to ultimately was um, who he was, mm -hmm. and and the voice was gravy. That was, mm -hmm. his talent was sort of that struck by lightning. Did you know talent. he was struggling with things at home? Did you um, see it? Totally? I hid real well. I hid real well. He learned to hide literally at his father's knee. So. so this, I didn't story, see it. this story is, is takes a whole movie to cover it, but I want, I want our I want our viewers to, to grasp where you where you went, because I knew you when you were at the yeah. height. You were with us at the height, mm -hmm. and uh, you just had such a gift. Uh, man, the memories are precious. But here's a guy that's really being trampled on. Mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about a grip. Tell us what you were going through when you're singing. Tell us what was going on between you and God when you were using this gift and I, did, did you feel like you loved God when you were oh, doing it? Oh, absolutely. Did you feel like you were doing it for God? Oh, absolutely. Did you feel like when you were drinking and being controlled by alcohol, right? Right. Yes. Did you think he still loved you? No. You didn't think he no. did? No. Let me just ask you this. When you look back, and I know we're going to jump someplace yeah, here. Sure. When you look back, do you realize how much he did love you? I see his hand everywhere. I see it everywhere. Every time that dad would get drunk and, and, and you know, I'd go hide in the bedroom with my little brother, uh, but he was there. Um, and I saw it later on. But I, I tell you, I was 26 and we were in New York and it was real hot. And I'd never, I never drank because of daddy. And, and the guilt and the shame of this whole thing. And I would just push it away, push it away. But I had a Heineken beer. Never drank before, never would because of daddy. And I started feeling something. And I had another one. And all of those voices of shame and accusation and failure, uh, that God didn't love you and you're not jumping high enough, all of that stuff just got quiet. And I promised that next day, I said, thank you, God, that these voices are silent. And I could live this way, not knowing what was ahead of me and, uh, you know, the, the, the trail that the devil had just hooked me and was bringing me down. But, you know, you get caught in this thing of like I sang, but I feel like God, God doesn't love me. But I love him. I loved him through all of that. Uh, so you add alcohol to it and and the guilt goes away. The shame goes away and you don't really care what people think anymore. But then it starts taking you down this really dark place and you're afraid to tell anybody. You don't want to let anybody in because you know you're going to be judged and they'll probably throw you out if they know what's going on. You're really afraid of church people. Oh, 
Yes, because I saw what they had done to other folks. That's got to change. Yeah. We don't ever embrace or endorse wickedness or sin or even weakness in people, but we've got to reach out with the love of God, Absolutely. the love of the father of the prodigal. I mean, if people, I think of all things people need to see through your story and the movie that is so powerful is to see that abiding love of God, that unconditional yes. love. All right. What happened to you? You know, you said you wanted to tell me about an experience that just kind of brought you to a breaking point. Take us to that point and then tell us and, what and you I'll, really I'll wanted people to know. I, I, uh, I, I started going to therapy. You know, I was so mixed up about that and that, all of that. And so I started going to therapy and I got involved in a 12-step group that would help me deal with addiction. And, but my life slowly started turning and those voices, you know, the Holy Spirit changed those voices. I mean, my mind was transformed to where I am his child. I don't have to be afraid. I belong to him. He, either he's everything or he's nothing. And, and, and he's everything. So I spent uh, 65 days in this one facility dealing with shame and trauma. And it was a miraculous thing. They took me all the way down into it, and then they brought me out. And when I left there, I didn't hate anymore. I wasn't ashamed anymore. All of that stuff came to the light, and I trusted them that I could tell them because we're only as sick as the secrets we keep. Hmm. And, uh, but I was able to just get it all out, and, and they worked with me, and they taught me how to continue the work. And uh, this was about 11 years ago. I'd, I'd come out of this place, and uh, Mark Lowry asked if we would just come and, and hang out with him a couple of days. And we got there. And Is that it, what, in Houston, did you Houston, say? Houston, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a friend of his that um, the pastor of this church said he was dying of cancer, and would you come and... Uh, just meet him and say hello. He loved that DVD Gaither did on me, and and he had pastored 44 years. And how, you can't say no, my Lord, he's a prophet of God. And so I got my guitar, and uh, and I went. And when I stepped through that door, I froze because he looked so much like my dad. Yeah. And I wanted to turn and run, even though you know the whole process of healing and stuff, but. I got my guitar out of the case, and I'd say, uh, Pastor Franklin, what do you want to hear? And he'd do Heartbreak Ridge and other songs like that. And I was getting ready to leave, and he asked me to pray for him. And I, uh, I, I mumbled something, <laughs> I, 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 but I asked him to pray for me. And I wanted to take those words back, but he said, Russ, I'd love to. And he stands up, and he puts his hands on my shoulder, and I'm looking up into his eyes. Daddy was 6'2", and those blue eyes, the white hair, the big hands, and I start trembling, and I start shaking, and I felt the Holy Spirit just zoom into that place. And I thought I was going to go sink, but, but God had orchestrated this whole thing that as he stood and he prayed for me and, and, and all the 50 years of tears just started rolling out of me, 50 years of, of just abandonment and hurt and, and everything else. And, and he began to affirm me and I collapsed to my knees and I uh, cried and he grabbed my head and pulled me to his belly and began to stroke my hair. And he said, Rush, you have, 
no idea how proud Jesus is of you. He said, you have no idea how your gift that he's given you has reached so many people. And the more he did it, the harder I cried because I had looked as a man for affirmation. You know, somebody tell me I'm doing good. But if you would, I wouldn't trust it because that shame inside me, I don't deserve it. But that afternoon, I felt... I felt 50 years of pain and and hurt, and I thought I was going to have to live the rest of my life with that. You know, I'd gotten better, but when the Holy Spirit came in and I collapsed, and he just keeps stroking my hair and telling me how much God loved me and how much he loved me, and the more he did it, the harder I cried. And I I, I was just trans. I did. Everything went away. (laughs) Everything went away. (laughs) But... But it's like that that day, um, he became my father God and not dad. Or, or, or you know, I, that, it didn't work out too well over here. But he said, let me in. Let me, let me be with you. Let me, you know, share this whole thing and I'll give you power to get through all of this. And uh, I, I just... I didn't know what to do, but I felt his <laughs> presence so strong. And it's like the therapy and, and uh, the 12-step program and all of this. And I was working so hard to get all this together. And then he, uh, he orchestrated this before I was born. He knew the path that I was going to take. And he had a dad <laughs> in his body waiting for me. <laughs> And, and I saw this was ordained by the Holy Spirit, ordained by the Holy Spirit. This, uh, I don't know, I don't know where you are. There's a couple of fatherless guys. When you talked about meeting the father, yes, that was, that was what happened. <laughs> That's everything. And he was loving you everywhere you ever went. Yep. I, I need all of you here. I just want to say I'm so proud of you. God's so proud of you. So so pleased that you let us see his love. We thank you. But I need to, I need to say to every one of you, you need to hear the affirmation of God. Yes. He didn't make a mistake. No. God, I know what it's like not to be picked. I know what it's like to be overlooked. He's my father. Yes. Got children that love the father. One of our daughters is in heaven. You know that right there with the father. Looking down at her grandbaby. (laughs) Our great grandbaby. Listen to me. I know that father. Yes. Our family's come to know that father. He wants you to know how much he loves you. Not mad at you. Gave his son to cover every mistake, every failure, every sin. Would you let him tell you how much he loves you right now, please? Just right where you are, just, just close your eyes, but say, Father, you said you want to be my father. Yes. My father, I want you to be. You gave your son so I could know you. I receive him as your gift. I want you to be my father. Just tell him. And I want you to know the father's altogether pleased. Jesus in you, he sees that glory and grace. Yes. Don't you thank God for this testimony you just heard. Don't you thank God. Glory God bless you. Grace, I'm going to 
you know, we've, we've been showing people how they can share the love of God all over the world for a long time, and our mm -hmm. viewers have been doing it. I believe that what you're about to see, and you hear Sheila Walsh, I think you're going to see Jesus and his love and his compassion about as clearly as you'll ever see it. I want you to watch this very prayerfully. But knowing you can be in someone's or many people's lives what that man was yes. in Russ that let him yes. see the Father. Watch this closely. I just wanted to explain why um, with this particular little girl that we're not showing her face. She's 11 years old. And so we want to do everything we can to, to protect her. So when you were just nine years old, something terrible happened to you one night. Why don't you tell us about that? ไอ้การนั้นมายังรอดตามปกติยังนักมวยบอกบอกแบบเนี้ยก้อยเล่นแขวไอ้ตัวเปนี่ตัวยังเคยใจยังจีมาต่อตัวยังใส่หายใจย
it'll be doubled. Would you please pour out the love of God, the love of the Father on these children? We've got some beautiful gifts to send you to say thank you about the glorious names of God in his word. And you really need to keep in mind, this is the last week now of this emphasis for rescue life. We really need to hear from you because you know we have other mission outreaches that totally depend upon our support. But boy, this is huge. And I thought Sheila put it so well. Please stop that evil by pouring out love and grace and give a future to these precious girls. You can go online or dial that number, take your bank card, use it like a check, and you make the gift God put on your heart. Thank you for doing it. Behind the bright lights, there is a darkness where a world of violence and sexual abuse runs rampant, scarring the souls of millions of young children. With their bodies broken and hopes crushed, these children are trapped in a never-ending nightmare. With your help, Mission Rescue Life can shine the light of God's love in this dark world to reach, rescue, and restore children and young people to the beauty God designed for them to enjoy. With a generous opportunity of a $320,000 matching gift, your gift of $128 to help rescue a child will be matched to help two children. Your $64 gift will be matched to help rescue one child from the horrors of human trafficking and a $32 rescue gift will be doubled to $64. With your gift of any amount today, we'll send you the Names of God Prayer Journal. From Adonai to Yahweh, this journal is filled with beautiful photographs to help you reflect on 31 different names of God found throughout Scripture. With your gift of $128 or more, you'll receive the Names of God Bible. This special edition NIV large print Bible is engraved with the many names of God a beautiful reminder that the God we serve is infinitely good. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280, which will now help rescue 20 children, and you may request a beautiful Bridge of Faith frame canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online. You know, I feel like we've seen such a, I don't know, Betty, an outpouring of, of uh, grace and love and to hear you know that how much it means to me for somebody to say that's good because I've never heard it from a father. I really felt like it, I'd have made a daddy really happy. He'd just tell me like something I did. And uh, so, Russ, when you were talking about that, see, here's what I hear. I feel like God tells me, that's good. I want you to hear that. I want you to know. God's pleased. Just turn your life over to Him. And thank you for helping others. Would all of you here just say thanks to God and thanks to Russ and Tori.
Tomorrow on Life Today, join James and Betty as they share some of the most important things they've learned through over 50 years of marriage and ministry. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.